Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius, this is a post-game edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by our good friends over at Celsius, of course. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me tonight is Scott Reynolds, also from PewterReport.com. We are here, sadfully, mournfully, to say that the Bucks have finally lost another a football game again, Scott. Finally. It, we weren't sure it was going to happen again, but it I did happen, it. despite... The fact I was in Tampa Bay for this. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say it's been a minute, but it's actually been months, John. It's been since last November that the Buccaneers have lost. So yeah, this is foreign territory for us here on the Pewter Report right. podcast. It's... We're not used to this. There's not going to be a victory Monday for the first time in like 11 months, just about. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a new phenomenon, but you can't win them all. And we, neither right. one of us predicted that the Bucks were going to go 17 and over this year. It's foolish to do so. Listen, there's 17 games. I don't care that they're defending Super Bowl champions. I originally picked them to lose in my SRS Fab Five way back when. I said they'd go 13 and four. I did say they would win this game because I was going to pick them until they lost, just because they've got momentum. But John, you called it. Unfortunately, uh, this this was a loss, and I think they can bounce back next week. But first, we got to digest this game in this loss. And speaking of digestion, yeah. John, I would be remiss. But I didn't talk about the tastiest, the tastiest protein bars on the market by our friends at Celsius. Fast brand. They've got two delicious flavors that will provide you with 20 grams of protein, only two grams of sugar. We're talking about the salted caramel peanut crunch, and I'm also talking about the white chocolate cookies and cream. Now, the best part about these, John, is these are on sale 20% off on Amazon. You can get a shipment of either one of these or both. I recommend both because they're both amazing flavored uh, protein bars for 20% off. You can click the link below and um, and that will take you right to Amazon. And it's got a 20% off promo through September 30th. So um, tremendously tasty oh, yeah. protein bars. The Bucks could have used more bar protein. I've ever had. <laughs> they could have used <laughs> more could- protein. They could have used more energy. They could have used some Celsius. They could use better coaching. They could use better uh, performance. It was it was not a pretty sight out in LA on either side of the ball. Yeah, for sure. Jordan says John can add that smirk knowing you got his pick right. I know Jordan's <laughs> probably kidding, but also I, I I feel like the chat may underestimate the fact that I we all live and die a little bit with Fox result game results. Yeah. Um, and I think I am, despite being new to the area, no exception to that. Definitely not happy to be right about that and, and frustrated with a lot of things in this game, uh, Scott, because I think the Bucks are one of the few teams that, that are right there with the Rams. Like when the Rams are yeah. playing their best ball and the, and the Rams were playing their best ball today, like the Rams didn't beat yeah. themselves really much at all. Maybe the first Correct. two drives a little bit, but they, they really were. I mean, this could have been worse on the scoreboard, actually, to be yeah. honest. Uh, you know, I do feel like Stafford missed Sean Jackson earlier in the game and he had an opportunity yeah. to hit him uh, for a touchdown. I thought Sean McVay, completely outclassed Todd Bowles. And that's where this evaluation starts to me, Scott. We say after losses, we start with the bad, we'll move to the good, and the good, right. uh, wins so the other way around. you Todd Bowles under the bus. I get it. Now, here's the not thing. Not under the bus, but I'm actually I, would say, I would say this about Todd Bowles defensively. I would say that when you are – if you're going to go out in this game, you're going to play more man coverage, and you lose a corner like back like Jamal Dean, and you are playing D Delaney and Ross Cockrell, 
And Cockrell is against Cooper Cup. And Dee Delaney is against Cooper Cup in a lot of these yeah. man-covered situations without help. That's bad coaching to me. Like, that's that's where – no, was it all on him? Absolutely not. We'll talk about the players too. But I do think schematically his inability to kind of change from what he wanted to do when he had worse personnel was not helpful to the group. Here's the thing, John. I, I'm not letting Todd Bowles off the hook. This is not a Todd Bowles loss, and I'll tell you why. This is on the front four, not winning their one-on-ones. They got completely manhandled across the board. Joe Tryon, Shayinka, uh, was probably their best pass rusher today. He's a rookie no that's question. still figuring the game out. Yeah, he got no close question. a couple times, but you know, close doesn't count when you're talking about Matt Stafford. Shaq Barrett was eaten alive by by um, uh, uh, Hab- or what's the guy's name? Rob Havenstein. Right yeah. Thank you, Rob Havenstein. Yes, I was having an old man brain fart, <laughs> and and uh, there was nowhere to be found. Okay, yeah. and B- Vita Vea, uh very high on Vita Vea, but you got to do more than just try to push the the guard back into the quarterback. <laughs> it doesn't always work. I'm just saying it's like uh, I'd like to see some other type of, of maneuvers from Vita Vea rather than just the bull rush because yeah, he got doubled uh, at times. And, and he I'm doesn't just, have another move. <laughs> that's that, I, like, I know that's part. Of you're problem. right. He he was not super effective today. He got guard that was up more in his weight class, and that was yeah. made it harder for him. Joe Tryon Choyinka was extremely impactful the first couple series, and yeah. actually the Rams changed what they were doing. They started chipping him all game long yes. to make life really hard for him. And you've already got one of the best left tackles in the league. He dusted Andrew Whitworth twice in the first couple drives of the game. Yeah, he was impactful. Your rookie starting his first NFL game. Can't be better than Sue and Vea and Barrett Can't all be put better together. Than your franchise outside linebacker and that's Shaq Barrett, who has one sack in three games now. Matter of fact, the Bucks have three sacks. They got a kind of a garbage sack by Will Golston. John, they had eleven sacks at this point in time last year. Eleven. It's bad. Yeah, three. Okay. The pass rush. And you know what? I asked Bruce Arians last week on the conference call last Monday. I said. Are your your is your defensive front wing enough one on ones? And he said, "Yeah, we're getting pressure." John, I, I knew they weren't then, and I I know it for a fact now. Uh, whether Damakasu, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul didn't play today, Joe uh, Tryon Shainka, they're not winning their one on ones. There were too many times where they were absolutely stoned at the line of scrimmage by this Rams offensive line. So that's why I'm saying it's not on Todd Bowles. That this is not all on Bowles. Um, when you lose Jamel Dean, I don't know what he can do with Ross Cockrell and Dee Delaney. I just don't. I'm sorry that you're getting out talented at that point in time. Cooper Cup is better than both those guys. Van Jefferson yeah. is better than both those guys. Robert Woods is better than both those guys. Deshaun Jackson is better than both those guys. So what is Todd Bowles going to do with Ross Cockrell and uh, you know and, and uh, Dee Delaney? If, if the yeah, front four can't get home and you blitz, then you're his, putting those guys in man coverage and you're exposing yeah. them. So I, I don't know what and you he did. did. He did expose them for most of the first half. And it, yeah. obviously those results were ugly. But that's why I said that on the game show too. Like, yes, I don't think that was smart by Bulls. But would they have been better if they didn't do it? I don't know because they couldn't get know. home with four either. So it yeah. was, you know, there. like I said, plenty of blame to go around. No question about it. We can't get away from this fact, though, Scott. This is three matchups between Bulls defense and Sean McVay's Rams. And it has been overwhelmingly won by McVeigh, despite six turnovers by Jared Goff over the first two meetings. Despite that, this is a team that adding to it now, 413 yards in, in, or sorry, go back two years, 518 yards, 40 points. Go back last year, 413 yards, 27 points. 
this year, 400, despite not even really trying in the fourth quarter, yeah. 407 yards and 34 points. They could have been worse today. Honestly, they got yeah. lucky. That got lucky last time. I felt like I, it, it is not a competition right now. When those two coach, the Bucks are going to have to eventually figure that out for sure. Yeah. The bigger question may be, Scott, what happens at corner now? Jamel Dean hurt on, was it the first, second drive of the game? Early in the game, knocked out, was out for the rest of the game, already losing yeah. Sean Murphy bunting for probably several more weeks at the very least, perhaps sure. possibly more, possibly most of the regular season. What happens at corner now? Is is this guy yeah, Richard Sherman? Richard part Sherman of the time. It, wait, it, I think he I think he might be. The thing is, is what Bruce Arians said after the game, in his post-game press conference, he said, well, we already brought in two, two corners. We brought in Pierre Desaire, we brought in Robinson. And um, I think both of those guys are okay to have on your team, but they're not ready yet, obviously, because you're playing D. Delaney and Ross Cockrell instead. Uh, could they bring in Richard Sherman? I, I think they're going to have to. If Jamel Dean's injury uh, takes him out for a you know two weeks or more, I, th I think that you're going to have to do that. Um, I, th I think the Bucks get a little bit of a reprieve in the fact they play Mac Jones next week. The Patriots passing game does not look uh, solid or sound anywhere close to what they've played the last couple weeks with Matt Ryan at quarterback. I should say the past three weeks. Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, they've played three really good quarterbacks. They should catch a breather against the Patriots. But you know that, that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are going to try to duplicate some of the problems that the Bucs defense has been exposed to and not handled very well so mm -hmm. it's not like like next week's going to be a gimme or a layup they should beat them because the bucks are way more talented than the patriots what we saw today was two evenly matched teams in terms of talent and the bucks got beaten to a man in the trenches the bucks couldn't run the ball uh, the pass protection was okay in the fact that brady didn't get sacked a whole bunch but, John, how many times did we see him have to dump the ball off quickly because of pressure? And not just that, but also yeah. wasn't able to step into some of those throws. And as a result, you saw some of those completions down the field that, that weren't connected with Rob Gronkowski, who did not have a good game. Uh, Mike Evans, there was there was a couple of passes that were short hop to him just because he had a Rams defender right in his face. Yeah, definitely there were some issues with that. I think especially late in the game when the Bucs became predictable with, with passing, I think that was where it really got away. I honestly don't have a huge issue with the offensive line's performance in this game. I think you know the, the one sack was Gronkowski matched. It was just a bad matchup, to yeah. be honest, like more than anything. That, that was a protection issue. I don't know if – I'm not going to say it was a coaching issue. I need to look at the tape, and it could have been a Brady issue. I don't know, you know, but I just feel like – that was a kind of a, a schematic issue, not a player issue, really. And then the other sack was, I thought Giovanni Bernard stepped in, handled it. Brady maybe held the ball a second long, but Giovanni Bernard got face masked. I mean, Kenny Young grabs his face mask and yeah. pulls it, and that's when Bernard kind of fell off that block. So I, I, you know, I didn't have huge issues. Once it became predictable, yes, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, the games they run up front, the blitzes, you're probably going to lose some one-on-ones once you're passing every down and dropping back. Still felt like, I mean, obviously Brady had a, you know, very, very, a very good game. Uh, yeah. We'll get that later, but I wasn't really as concerned with the O line per se. I think especially Tristan Wirfs played well. Again, I'll have to go back look at it when you're yeah, doing the play by play. You're here's, focused here's on the areas. John, when you're, we're talking about 35 yards rushing. Tom Brady's your leading rusher, 14 carries, one touchdown. I'm sorry, 14 yards on three carries, 
one touchdown. Well, now you're into he, the real problems. <laughs> when he's your leading rusher, that's a problem. It's not like the Buccaneers. We've talked about it for weeks going back to last year. This is a pass-first team. The Bucs don't need to have a 100-yard rusher every week. They don't need to even rush for 100 yards every week. But you can't rush for 35 because what that does is when, when Ronald Jones has 11 yards on five carries, when Leonard Fournette has eight yards on four carries, and I, listen, I don't understand Bruce Arians's understanding of the run game when he says, yeah, Ronald Jones ran really well when he was in there. I mean, we're talking what, what, is, two yards what a carry. What is that, Scott? <laughs> Are you kidding me? 11 Ronald yards Jones on five, five carries? carries? That is not one. good under any circumstance at any level of football. Okay? I am like, so I, I like Bruce that. Arians. I appreciate his knowledge. He does way more football than I'll, I'll ever know. He's forgotten more football than I know. I'll concede that. But, Coach – yeah. 11 yards on five carries is not good by any measure, okay? So the right. problem is, John, when, you, when you're averaging one or two yards per carry, you're in second and eight, third and eight situations, predictable pass rushing situations for the Rams. And, yes, the Bucks' offensive line, again, it wasn't like Brady was killed in this game. It wasn't like Brady was running for his life the entire game, but he did have to scramble. Uh, he did get sacked a couple times, and he just wasn't as comfortable in the pocket. And some of those routes didn't have time to develop. Remember, what, what Bruce Arians wants to do is attack down the field. Okay, with third and eight, you need to attack down the field because your inability to run the ball in first and second down. And then you're putting your, your quarterback in predictable uh, pass rush situations, predictable coverage situations, and it's just not good. Right. If we go, if well, we go I, think- to the, I was going to say, if we go to the statistics here, 41 of 55 for Brady, 432 yards. He did have a, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Chris Godwin, six catches, 74 yards, a rushing touchdown. Mike Evans, eight catches, 106. This is a lot of this is just playing catch-up football in, in kind of garbage time in the second half when the game was you're down 17 mm-hmm. points. Um, I thought yeah, that, I, that, that Tyler Johnson kind of, but I mean Brady had 300 yards over 300 yards when this was still a game too. I mean, I, yeah. I thought Brady played outstanding and offensive uh, weapons did. played well too. I mean, Gronk let a couple opportunities go by. You met the drop on the, on the first third down or that third down conversion that could have been a game changing play, obviously. And then I felt like in the second half, Brady threw to the end zone and an out to Gronk, and he clearly jumps early and should have taken another step and caught the ball in stride. Would have been a touchdown, I believe. Very unusual to see him miss a play like that. And then later in the game, the vertical ball, he clearly slows up when he should keep running. He was interfered with for sure, and maybe he's trying to draw the call, but I feel like you've got to run through contact and finish there. I mean, I think Brady was off target on like four passes today, like genuinely, like off target. I've got no issue with Brady. And and Giovanni Bernard came in, nine catches, 51 yards, and and a touchdown catch. He was terrific, Scott. He was. I know we're moving to positives here quickly. He's the best running back on this team. You know, Why can't he run the ball? Like he's played nine years. Like this guy knows how to run the football. I yep. don't understand. Why can't he get a carry? Like I just, are, what are you seeing from Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones that make you that convinced that Giovanni Bernard cannot be on their level as a running back? It just I blows don't my have mind. the answer, John, but maybe Mabatera does. I might, Matt, John. Me. What? Tell what me. what do we uh, the other day on the podcast? What do we put the over under on um, on actual rushing attempts that Giovanni Bernard would get? I think we said two and a half, two. maybe <laughs> two and a yeah. half. Yeah, two and a half. <laughs> I really thought he was great, though. I mean, when the game great. was still in hand, you go back to the first half. That that play where it, it was third and long, and Bernard 
football. He was probably like seven years short of the first down, and he went and he dove and he stretched the ball, passed the marker, yeah. got that first down to move the sticks for the team. I mean, that was just an incredible effort right there. The other play didn't count, but when Brady fumbled that ball and Bernard caught it and it went for the first down, that was insane. Yep. But, uh, you know, this was the Giovanni Bernard that we wanted to see. And we finally got that today. And hopefully he he's healthy. He obviously had that knee injury at the end when he scored the touchdown. But if he can stay healthy, I know the, the Bucks overall struggled today, but I'm not worried about that offense. Um, yeah. he, he will be a huge factor for this team if they Bruce decide to use him, him the way that they just did. Bruce has got to play him more. And for whatever reason, Absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes Bruce gets so stubborn, right, and locked yeah. on to certain players. And uh, it, it's like there should be enough evidence from this game tape that suggests that Giovanni Bernard is the more productive running back other oh, than, he, or I should say, was, over than Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Absolutely, Scott. Uh, uh, Giovanni Bernard, absolutely, without question, was the best running back on the field for the Bucks today. And Leonard Fournette, this whole he, may have, he may have cashed <laughs> out with, the, uh, the, with over the receiving yard. Shout out to me again for yes, making that call. But um, I was getting so frustrated just yelling at the TV when they were running the ball with him. He keeps dancing around like he's on Dancing with the Stars. Hit yeah. the hole and move yeah. up the field. What are you Tell doing? Stop dancing. Keep going Get forward. Get out of here, Coach. Oh, I was no, so I thought one of the most underrated plays in this game, I thought, uh, obviously the Bucks end up losing, so maybe people don't see it that way, but when Giovanni Bernard yes. had the like, sh- little yes. shovel pass near the yes. goal line, yeah. that play was dead to rights, like yeah. a loss. Right. And he turned it into a three-yard gain by being elusive and gave them the third and two at the at the t- or the third goal at the two yeah. rather than at the five or six. John, how about his football ball. awareness uh, during the, the sack fumble, Aaron, Aaron Donald, to, to catch the ball and actually get a field yeah, with that's it. That's what now, I was did, saying. Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like he, he didn't have the, the, um, uh, the ability to pick up yards because it was a fumble, right? So it came back to the spot. That play, the, the the screen pass on, I believe, second and 20 to pick up 25 yards. I mean, he has more right. burst, more acceleration than, than either Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. When and, there was a this huge hole. This, this isn't like Keyshawn Vaughn, like flashes. Maybe he can run the ball. Maybe he's an okay right. player. Maybe we should play him more. You've already, like, you know who he is. Like, you've already yeah. seen him the play more. The track record is there. You're right. Like, man. It's not like he's a mystery. I just, um, I'm truly at a loss on that one. Uh, that's to be honest, if you're asking me issues with the offense, I don't have a lot long-term. Like I think they need to execute Agreed. some things a little yes. bit better. Drops are still an issue. They're just probably going to be with this team. Like we get it like, but they overcame some penalties, honestly, to convert some drives after penalties, which was a really encouraging side. I thought Brady against a defense that they struggled against last year. Now twice they've seen a lot of those types of coverages and he's carved them. I mean, he's, He's yeah. seeing the middle of the field. He's throwing tight windows. He's throwing with anticipation. He's throwing down the field like he's aggressive, but he's patient when he needs to be. He managed. He got a ducked out of two sacks today. Yes, he made did. throws on the run. Like I just thought he was fantastic. Like without him, they lose this game oh, no brutally doubt. bad. I mean, no so doubt. when your coach and I think the offensive play calling was great too. They went away from the run early on, recognized it wasn't working, recognized yeah. it's going to be track me, got aggressive, threw a ton on first down. Didn't execute all the time when they should have. Should have finished in the red zone for sure. That right. was disappointing. I think that's the but, big problem, isn't it, John? They just the, the red zone, getting field goals instead of touchdowns. But that was their first like miss in the red zone all year. So yeah. it's like, well, you're always going to have some regression to the mean there eventually to go what two or three in that area in this or yeah. three or four in this area. I mean, again, it's 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 not quite enough to win on offense in my opinion. 
defense wasn't even close. Like should have been more than 34 points in my opinion. Yeah. If the Rams had hit plays on the first two drives of the game, they should have hit. So I, yeah, very few bright spots for me defensively, but at what point do we all want to just talk about Devin white? Like what point is that going to happen? Like <laughs> when are we going to be okay with the fact that this guy was called the best linebacker in the NFL by, by a, a survey from ESPN of front offices and coaches around the league and players he was the best dude in the NFL, they said, at linebacker. I mean, yeah. that looks laughable right now. But he is sacks, a straight-up liability. Plays. I, On the 40-yard catch-and-run by Deshaun Jackson against Carlton Davis, De Devin White knocks Carlton Davis off the play. That should yeah. Yeah. not be allotted to Carlton Davis in coverage. He was fine off the line of scrimmage last week. He takes out Levante David that, on the that's catch what I was going to say, Cal John. Yeah. Great point he's right there, reckless. John. He, he, he he's out of control. He Levante David last week, and then as you just said, it happened this week too. I think a problem too for Devin White is you know one of his best traits is how he's so fast and he'll get after the ball carrier in, in run plays. Teams just refuse to run the ball against the Bucks now, and, and understandably so. They they stop the run so easily. I almost forget like you're allowed yeah. to run the ball against the Bucks defense. Teams just just don't do it. Um, and, you know, his, his weakness is for lack of uh, not for a lack of effort, but his weakness is pass coverage. And we thought he got better at it in training camp. But training camp's one thing. In game is another. And we just really haven't seen the translation there. It's um, it's definitely a, a cause for concern. What's going on with Devin White? Uh, what, in, in, in here's the thing, Scott, they can't. That what they're going to do is Todd Bulls won't take him off the field. He won't. He doesn't take Devin White or right. Levante David off the field. When you don't take a guy off the field who is that big of a liability in pass coverage, everybody's going to attack him. You saw it on the Cooper Cup, Cup, Cup catch at the end of the game where Cup did go out of bounds short of the marker. That was his mistake. But it's just easy. You isolate the matchup. You find your guy. You know, If you won't take him off the field, you're going to leave him question, exposed. And he can't John. Play. From Douglas, is Devin White playing poorly or are teams just scheming around him? And he agrees with us. He seems to be very mediocre right now. So is, is, it, I, is it a thing where we're offensive coordinators know how to attack the guy or is he just not sure because well? he's because he's bad in coverage. Absolutely. That's part of it. The other thing is a lot of times it's just routine stuff, but he misses tackles. He overruns guys for tackles a lot of the time. And lately it's, I mean, he, that's two weeks in a row where he's taken one of his own guys out and allowed a 30 plus yard reception and a 40 plus yard reception because he's literally just – he's too out of control. That's his biggest concern. It isn't a physical or athletic liability or a mental – he's just plays too out of control. He's reckless. He gets out of position because of it. He overruns tackles. He runs into his own guys. He just is out of control, and he overruns sacks like we saw last week. And, and when he hits a guy perfect, it's great, but it hasn't happened really right. this season. He's been mm -hmm. extremely low impact. I, I We have not gotten a chance hey, to talk to him. Hey, I think speaking, he's frustrated. Speaking of impact and lack thereof, Antoine Winfield Jr. started last year with the bang. Two sacks and a forced fumble in his first three games. You remember the big splash play he had at the Giants game, breaking up a two-point conversion in the postseason. He had the big forced fumble in new orleans yep. that allowed devin white to pick that up and that was a big turnover in the game he had an interception in the super bowl yep. anton winfield is a very splashy player who has made zero splash plays through the first three games of the season so i far. agree with that a lot uh, i agree with that a lot and i'm i'm i don't feel like i do about devin white about anton winfield to be clear like i i think devin white like we're getting into like 
is he a liability in part of in a big part of the game right now? You know, type of territory. Levante uh, 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 Antoine Winfield is is not. I mean, he is clearly a safety net, and he keeps things in front of him. He doesn't yeah. allow big plays. He's playing sound but football, but not splashy. Right, right he's not making the impact that Todd Bull said. You got you so super smart. You need to learn to anticipate things, take your chances, take chances on the ball, make more plays. Those are things he didn't do enough of last season, to be honest. Even outside, I know there were a couple moments, and you're right about that, but he didn't have a lot of turnovers or force a lot of turnovers. And I just think he'd be a lot more impactful than he's being. So it's like the floor with Winfield is pretty high, but what's the ceiling? And can we see him get closer to it? Like that's where right. I'm at with him right now. Yep. I agree. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is, is I think on the defensive side of the ball, let, let's, let's flip it around and say who is playing really well right now through three games, who is playing really, really well. Is there Vita any Vita David Vita Vea? Yeah, sure. Okay. I don't think Vea played great today. Great per se, but he's definitely had a great season. There's no, I mean, he's yeah, abused yeah. the first two weeks of the season have to count. He was great. Okay, um, so, so I, I'm saying look at all three games. And who was playing really, really well? Levante. We're talking about, Levante. Levante. We're talking about Vita Vea. And, okay. and, and I think and Carlton, Carlton Davis, da- Carlton Davis solid. is three. Yes. I agree. That's three guys out of, out of 11 players on defense yep. in three games that have played really yeah. well in a three-game stretch. And, and we've seen – listen, Mike Edwards was the star of the show last week. This week, yeah. uh, he he fell the down. Deshaun touchdown. Yep. Yeah, fell down in coverage on the Deshaun touchdown. And, and he, Bruce he Arians actually addressed that play after. By the way, I don't know if you guys got to hear the presser, but Arians actually miscommunication. Carl thought they were one coverage. Edwards thought they were playing a different coverage. Yeah. Edwards realized that Davis wasn't playing the coverage he was, and then fell down trying to recover. But it started yeah. with the communication error. I That's think, right. Between the two of them. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah, I would say that I I do think like somebody mentioned Will Golson, but again he's a role player kind of. So yeah, he's played right. well, but he's a role player. Shaq Barrett did play pretty well the first two weeks of the season. Today I thought he was totally invisible. I didn't notice him at all yeah, on pre watch, and I'll eat my words if I'm wrong. I really thought Joe Tryanchenko was very good in the first half today. I'll have to watch the second half. I know the Rams. I noticed four or five plays in a row where they were chipping him heavy with a tight end, yeah. and that delays his get off. So that was you know rookie in his first start you get it but uh, yeah i think that those are the guys probably right at this now at this right. point complete performances and i i for the record i don't know how much jason pierre paul would have helped today because i don't know how much you know he would have been the todd bulls would have been willing to say yeah i'm going to play you inside a three technique and we're going to get right. after the quarterback with three better rushers because right now reality is sue and golston just aren't worth a whole lot as, as rushers mcclendon and uh, nacho nacho never have been and so you have a weak spot Sure. Basically, and, if, and John, if you're running things, right. what we saw today was Bowles on at least two plays that I saw, and probably more. Uh, but when I was looking at the formation at the pre-snap, there were a couple plays where Joe Tryon Shoinka was playing inside, and they had Levante David line up on the line of scrimmage as an outside linebacker in some of those rush packages. So, yeah. typically, what we would see right is Jason Pierre-Paul in that role inside, but instead it was Joe Tryon Shoinka. And we you typically have JTS on the outside with mm-hmm. JPP on the inside. But because JTS was on the inside, you had Levante David rushing there. So you're talking about uh, moving some pieces around that aren't used to playing. JTS is not used to playing inside. Levante David is a great blitzer, but he's not a guy that has uh, had much experience as a stand-up rusher uh, mm-hmm. going up against a, a left tackle. Uh, who knows yeah. he's coming. Right. It- 
it gets to the er territory I think where it's it's it becomes you know how much do we want to see a larger sample size before we say you know so and so or you know, whatever is played poorly or not but I definitely think they need more from Shaq Barrett still yeah. um I think that just the other de defensive back spots they you know, they need more from Antoine Winfield not that he's played poorly he hasn't but they need more from him and I think you know Devin White is the biggest guy to me you got to have yeah. more from Devin White that's a top five pick linebacker he you know guys are saying you're the best linebacker in the league I have some pride about it and like you've got to play a lot better I think it just and he just hasn't I know he's probably frustrated that you know he hasn't doesn't have a sack yet this season and that you know that he, you know, is 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 not necessarily getting to shine in the run game as much because teams aren't running the ball that much against them. And you know, but you got to overcome those things and be better in the situations that are presented to you. And that yep. just has not he has not done that so far this season. So right now he's a he's a pretty big question mark in my opinion. Architect seventy nine, thank you for the ten dollars super chat. Very much appreciated. Very helpful to us as we produce all this YouTube content. He says the running scheme is so predictable and presents no opportunities for lanes or creases. Why don't they run out of spread sets or spread the defense with all the weapons and create space? I want to talk about this in a second. But first, I don't know if you realize this, Matt, but this man mentioned lanes. And I just was wondering if you'd like to talk about our friends over at Pin Chasers, where you can get on the bowling lanes and have a little fun over at pinchasers.net. Tell them about the great opportunities that are in front of people when they go to pin chasers. Oh, absolutely. It, it, pin chasers. First of all, it's an awesome place to bring your friends, bring your family for a great night out. Uh, Anthony Perone, the owner, he actually just asked a question for the bucks Monday mailbag. So it was a good question. So Scott, you should uh, get to I that would, for uh, you got tomorrow's it. Monday mailbag, but he's a diehard bucks fan. He has season tickets. He was at the first two home games of this season, but uh, going to pin chasers is a great night out. They have, Literally weekly specials every single day of the week. I know Tuesday, it's uh, sorry, Monday, it's Pizza Bowl. Uh, after 9 p.m., 11.99, you can go and uh, sorry, I meant Tuesday. Tuesday is Pizza Bowl, 11.99, after 9 p.m., all you can eat pizza. Thursday night, all you can bowl, 11.99, after 9 p.m., you can bowl for the rest of the evening. Uh, their 10 pin grill is awesome ton of different food selections and my personal favorite you can have breakfast at any time doesn't matter if it's the afternoon if it's at night you can have breakfast whenever that is big that is key um many different locations as you see midtown tampa zephyr hills uh there's one in armenia right down the road from where the bucks practice facility is and also coming back on october 11th i can't wait it's the peter report bowling league so every monday 6 30 p.m oh, yeah. be there Fun time. We got a lot of people signing up now. Um, we're doing, I know the first night we're doing a, a raffle and a giveaway. So make sure you're there for that. And um, it's just going to be an awesome time. You know, you, you get the friends out, you get the family out. Uh, obviously, we're, we're getting through this pandemic and things are mostly back to normal now, too. So get out there, be at the lanes and just enjoy yourself. What's well, a very fun evening. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, very excited for that. Uh, I know a lot of people are. Architect, to get back to your question, yeah, I have said I've been an advocate for this for a while, that the Bucks need to run out of more spread formations to define space a little bit easier for the running backs because their vision, especially Leonard Fournette's, is so bad. He can help him by basically giving him an easier time seeing things. Ronald Jones' vision actually has been okay, but last week kind of melted down on him, and so – I don't know where things are going with Ronald Jones if the arrow may be <laughs> mm -hmm. pointing down with Ronald at this point. But, um, yeah, I would definitely – I agree with you completely. They need to run out of more spread looks, stop bringing Chris Godwin into blocks, stop bringing 
other tight ends in the block that can't block. Um, start using angles to your advantage a little bit more in run blocking. But still, Leonard Fournette, man, like you cannot approach the line of scrimmage the way that man does. Like he's it dancing. is just absurd. Like he is. He's, dancing, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> he's doing that too much, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it's it's true, and it's uh, it's it's got to stop. It really does. He is he is just way too physically. There's just too much going on there <laughs> to play football the way that he plays football. So the most frustrating. Good question. Thing. Yeah, good question by Architect. Uh, all right, let's uh, get JC. You're in the chat here. You are in the show. Welcome to the show. First of all, second of all, this Bucks defense, it's getting to the problem territory now. It's three games where they've been really pretty gashed up and, and handled pretty rudely by the other team. And there's not been much uh, resistance from it, from Todd Bowles unit. Um, this one, obviously players, coaches can probably wear some responsibility, but it's uh, trouble time for the Bucks defense right now. Not, not a whole lot of players playing well right now. No, and you can't put a little bit blame schematically as well, but it's just not there, especially the secondary banged up. You can't make excuses because every team gets injured. Next man up mentality, but yeah, I mean, they're just being gassed through the air. You know, 63 offensive plays today were ran and they were just um, manhandled after that first quarter where it was just a battle of punts. The Rams would go on and, you know, score four straight touchdowns. Um, Oh, with 320 yards uh you, you can't do that uh so i mean i don't know the quick fixes there i know a lot of people are saying bring richard sherman in trade for stefan gilmore who can't play to week seven anyways even if he is healthy but i'm not sure there's a quick fix you a lot of it's mental mistakes as well a lot of it's penalties costly penalties and you think those are you know you expect those are things that you can correct with coaching and watching film but those two things existed in the first two games, and here they are rearing their ugly head again in this mm -hmm. game. So I'm not really sure <laughs> what the scenario is going to be. I heard you talking about Winfield. What is What could his ceiling be? I think he could play a lot better. Carlton Davis has played really well. Uh, Levante David played really well. Vita Vea, while they put extra attention on him today, uh, still you know pushed the pocket back a little bit. That, that rush – uh, is really concerning right now. It, it's really concerning when you have a guy like Shaq Baird who you just paid all this money to, and I know you're missing JPP and Joe Trinchwanka. Looked pretty good until the Rams started figuring him out, you know, starting to chip him with the tight ends and such. Yeah. Um, but it's got to get home, and it's not. It, when when William Golston is getting your, your your only sack in a game, you know, love Golston. He's a lunch pail player, but that's not a good sign. Yeah, it's not. And I think Shaq Barrett, especially, you know, the reality with Shaq Barrett is I don't think that he's playing like worse than he did last year at this time at all. Like, I just think he's a good, not great player. Like, that's what he is. And those guys to still get paid, you know, that's still how it works. I'm not saying it's a mistake to pay him, but that's the same thing when we paid him. He's not an elite player, in my opinion. There's only a few guys that are. I think if you watch the top passers in the NFL, he clearly is not those guys. He's never been those guys. Even when he had 19 and a half sacks, he wasn't those guys. You could see that if you watch the tape of all of them and compared them. It, was, it wasn't hard to see. He's not a guy that's going to get that those type of numbers every year. But he's better than this. Uh, he's better than he was today, for sure. Um, and so, he, yeah, he's got to be more impactful, no question. I also think that Bulls – blitzes haven't really worked like I, no i'm far from a blitz expert but like this is a guy that's blitzed a ton and last year was like the re main reason why they piled up sacks early on and this year it's just like everybody knows exactly what to do against them and he's getting solved pretty quick so far i think one of the biggest concerns too i remember specifically on this blitz devin white went up the a gap and i think we all love watching devin white blitz right up the middle it's it's 
usually quite successful, but Sony Michelle was in there, picked it right up, and and handled it like it was nothing. You know, if these blitzes aren't working for the Bucks defense, they're they're not getting home with with just using four. So that's quite the predicament if they can't really figure that out. Yeah, it really is. Let's get to some game balls here uh, as we get rolling here uh, on uh, the wrap-up portion of this. And we'll let you guys kind of uh, give yours uh, as we get going on here. Oh, uh, there, there, oh, there we go. We got game balls presented by Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right, let's go first to JC. Let's get your thoughts here, JC. Offensive game ball, defensive game ball. If you have a spot, I don't think there's a special teams one to give out in this oh, one. No. <laughs> Jalen Darden didn't screw anything up. He almost screwed up a punt. He almost dropped one. But uh, offense, defense, game balls, what do you got? It- I mean, it's hard to do this in a loss because the, there was a lot of flaw, flawed play. Uh, flawed play. Give your, around. give your, who are you taking a game ball away from? Uh, who am I going to take? A, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to give a game ball. I'm going to give a defensive game ball. I'm going to give it to Joe Tryanshanka because I feel like in the earlier part of the game, before the Rams kind of try to take him out of it, you could see he was flying all over the place. Had a, had a pass deflection. Had a tackle mm-hmm. for a loss. QB hit. He did look pretty good out there uh, getting the start. I expected to see a little bit more out of him, but I think he played well enough uh, out of anyone on defense to get the game ball. And uh, on offense, I'm going to go my third week in a row. I mean, how can you not? TB12. There's really not many people to, to give it to on offense. And, you know, the numbers he put up today, over 400 pass, passing yards, one touchdown through the year, one touchdown on the ground. Uh, faces a big challenge next week against two guys who know him inside and out. Uh, Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels, he said, is one of his best friends, and now he's he's got to go up against him. So uh, it's going to be a difficult challenge. 68 yards for that Drew Brees record all-time passing yard. So, um, that all he needs, 68. Yeah, so it's wow. kind of – Wow. It's you think he'll get catches it? catches a couple of those balls from Brady yeah. today. He probably would have had it in this game. Oh, uh, yeah. That's crazy. You know, so it's, yeah. it's I, tough. I actually to kind of – yeah, I – I kind of disagree with you on offense. I think there's a lot of really good performances offensively. Mike Evans, Loki had a really good game, and I know it wasn't, you know, as we kind of expected, it wasn't him against Jalen Ramsey, but I thought he played really well. Godwin made some really tough catches. Tyler Johnson showed up big time. Uh, Tristan Wirfs was great. Um, handling Aaron Donald all game is really tough. We'll have to go back and look at the tape of some of the interior guys and, you know, see how did. He played on the edge a lot, and so there was a lot of tough assignments there, but um, – you know, so that was kind of my observation. But anyway, uh, yeah, I agree with you on 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 offense uh, and, and defense. I think Joe Tryon-Shoinka, people will go back and look at this and be like, oh, he actually had some really good wins early on. Then the Rams adjusted and kind of did some different things. When you're a rookie, making people adjust a little bit of what they do protection-wise, it's a pretty good sign. Matt, who do you have for your Manscaped game balls? Yeah, so offensively, I'm giving the game ball to Chris Godwin. I thought he made an impact when the game still mattered, made some crucial third-down receptions. Uh, and I'll always say, uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I said this in Most Impressive, which is coming out if you haven't read it yet. Uh, he's the most consistent receiver that the Bucks have. You know, um, got over 70 yards again today. He was second on the team in receptions. Had a rushing touchdown, so it shows how... Yeah, you, know, how, you gonna shout how, out your touchdown? Well, yeah, so problem. I'm a little biased. I also said he was going to score a touchdown. As he did. Plus 100 value. There you the go. Read <laughs> my stuff because it keeps hitting, at least for the last two weeks. Um, How many did you yeah, write today? Scotty didn't do anything. Scotty hurt. I, I went three for two. I went three for two. I got the over, Godwin's touchdown, and Leonard Ford. No, three for two. Oh, three okay, out of five. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. So anyway, you would have walked away with money. Uh, But regardless, I thought, you know, just another great game, uh, consistent for him. He's the most consistent player on this on this offense and uh, scored a touchdown. So he was important defensively. Real quick, before you jump, before you jump to defense, needed Antonio Brown and it showed mm, disagree. Maybe I disagree Uh, with that. Maybe maybe some of the screen plays. Um, There'll be games where you need him. Wouldn't have been surprised if this was a game where you needed him. Didn't think that was an issue. People were open all day. The few times they didn't complete a pass today um, were really, I thought, you know, there were a couple to Gronk that he should have probably caught. Yeah. You know, there there weren't many like plays where I was like, wow, they're just not getting open. They, yeah, dudes were open a lot. Um, he says, I mean, what through for how many freaking yards? 432 yards. And he had still had like 330 yards when this game was in reach. So, I mean, that wasn't garbage. Like, I thought, yeah, in terms of the passing attack, I, I didn't think they missed anybody whole season. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see times where that would happen with AB, mm-hmm. but he'll he should be back for the next game. Go ahead, carry on back to the defense. Yeah, so defensively, I believe I gave him a game ball in uh, the first game of the season as well. But I'm going with Vita Vey again. I, I really thought the way he can just disrupt things and and manhandle blockers that are trying to to stop him from doing what he needs to do. It's it's just really fun watching that. He had a huge stop on a, a second and short. I believe it was the last play of the third quarter um, where he was just, he was right up in the backfield. He didn't, he didn't finish the play, but because he was already there, it, it let Shaq Barrett, Ross Cockrell and uh, JTS all finish the rest of the play, but he was a huge disruptor there. And then right before that, or right after that, um, obviously the Rams went to Deshaun Jackson a lot in this game and it finally paid off with that 75 yard touchdown. But there was one play where Stafford was going deep to him and he was wide open. But Vita Vea got in on the pass rush, clearly altered the throw yeah. where it was short. It, it would have been a touchdown. And, you know, the Rams went on to score a touchdown on that same drive. So maybe it was a moot point. But if it wasn't for Vita Vea, he single-handedly stopped the touchdown on that play. I thought that was very crucial. It may not have really meant much at the end of it because they still ended up scoring. But, uh, you know, Vita Vea... Causes a lot of issues for for the uh, opposing offenses, and I I thought he uh, made a stamp on this game as well. Yeah, he could literally be he could literally be called on holding almost every play. Yeah, so <laughs> he's a, he's a force to stop. I don't think anyone was really missed on the offense. I know AB or what, I think that even on the defense, I don't think anyone was missed. I think if they would have played a little tighter um, schematically and. and I think they could have easily won this game. There are so many times where they shot themselves in the foot where they just let the game get out of hand. But I don't – I mean, I'm I'm worried, obviously, a little bit about this defense going for, forward, but not to the mm-hmm. point where I'm like, burn it down and, like, who's available, <laughs> yeah. start trading for everybody. Because I think it's just – it's they're just making so many mental mistakes and things that they are uncharacteristic of them. So – I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely worried about their defense to a degree, but I was worried about the defense basically since they started playing this year, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah. that that just kind of remains for me. I agree with you, though, JC. I don't think this was a loss where Rand really missed this player. Oh, if they were healthy, the Rams are better right now. Like, I, people might not want to hear that. Uh, you know, that might make people mad. They're better right now. It's also week three. Doesn't mean they'll be better when it actually counts in the postseason and all mm-hmm. those times. And there's still a long path to getting there, and there's a lot of season to go. I mean, last year the Bucs were clearly not the best team in the league in week three. They weren't even in the conversation in week three. But no, now they're clearly by the end of the season that they were, and they're in that conversation right now. And today's result didn't change that for me. But 
yeah, no question in my mind. I felt like this was uh, just the Rams were better. They're crisper. They're cleaner. They're better execution right now. Um, you know, you can say what you want about the fact that it's only been a couple games with Stafford, but clearly those guys are pretty comfortable. PC, appreciate y'all's insights. Great stuff from you guys. I was going to say, appreciate you jumping in. Thank you. Definitely, they were definitely looking past this Rams team to the Patriots. That's all, you know, that's all. No, that is (laughs) absolutely 100% no, (laughs) no, no, no. I don't even understand how we get onto that in the NFL, Scott, like that doesn't happen. Like, I just, I can't emphasize that enough. It just doesn't happen. Like, you you know how much time and energy and attention go into each opponent. Yeah. That's that. I know JC's kidding there, but that's, you know, that, that I know is is something the fans will probably say. So I'm glad we threw it out there to get it dismissed. I, I, I just think that that the Rams' talent was just better today. Uh, I, I think They're better. I, I I just think today they were the better team, and and it showed in the trenches. Yeah. Bucks couldn't yeah. run the ball. They couldn't get after Matt Stafford. Uh, I I thought Tom Brady played really really well. I thought he was the, yeah. the star of the show today. Uh, he's yeah. not getting and, he's not getting at my game ball though because he's he's obvious. I'm gonna go with the less obvious choice. Uh, I'm not knocking. Well, before Brady, you do, before great. you do go with that less obvious choice, yeah. I got to talk about my friends over at Dave and Buster's here because what a what a night Matt Matera was out there on Friday, yes. taking in some college football games, getting some amazing food, playing some great games. People are probably familiar with Dave and Buster's, but there's so much to do. There's so much fun to be at, and the food. Look at the food. I mean, Matt was talking on the pregame show about how unbelievable. About it. The food was there, yeah, and there's so many screens and so many huge, massive screens. If you followed Peter Report on Instagram, you've seen a lot of those videos, but he was at the Tampa location, Estuary Lakes Drive, and just absolutely loved it. And guess what? You can go to Dave & Buster's with a $200 gift card. If you All you have to do is literally go to the YouTube description in this podcast. I have an Instagram link in the YouTube description on this show, and you will see a link. Click that link. Follow three easy steps. All you have to do is like like the post, follow uh, Pewter Report and Dave and Buster's on Instagram, and then uh, tag two friends in the comments of the post. That's all you have to do. That's easy. Go do that, and you enter a chance to win $200 gift card to Dave and Buster's for, for, not for literally like no effort. And so go click that link, get in there, uh, apply for that, and then you could be selected to win that $200 for Dave and Buster's. Awesome, awesome stuff and an awesome promotion and giveaway from them for their fall football campaign. John, Great place to watch some college ball this weekend. It, it's a fantastic place to go to for next Sunday's game because it's a Sunday night game. So get there early, play some games, have some food, then stay and watch the game. It's it's a fantastic place to get NFL on all day long on Sundays. And you can go there and, and play and watch. That's the cool thing about Dave & Buster's. It's not just a sports bar where you can only watch. You can actually play the games too, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So it's great stuff. All right. Manscaped game balls. Here we go, Scott. You and I are giving our game balls here. But before we do, we got to talk about the Manscaped 4.0. This thing is an absolute game changer. Your balls will thank you if you get this. Two million men worldwide trust Manscaped. So join the movement with our exclusive offer by using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, on Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping the world is opening back up, and Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready inside this Performance Package 4.0, which I know we have many advocates and many Manscapers in the chat. Many of you are new to the Manscaping world, and we congratulate you. We thank you for joining the cause. In this perfect package, you will receive the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker. Look at that thing. 
Look at the LED light on that thing. Unbelievable. It's very important to see Quiet. what you're doing, John. Especially it's, it's with your ball. It's important to see what you're – yes, you got to see what you're doing. It's waterproof. There's a travel lock on it. Exceptional stuff. Then you've got the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. Game-changing little gadget there. Crop Preserver ball deodorant. The Crop Reviver toner. Plus two free gifts. The Performance uh, Boxer Briefs, which are the most comfortable thing in the world. I'm they wearing are. them actually right now. And the shed travel bag, which is a very fancy little bag for Manscaped. This, this is, is literally like it's just yeah, bag. it's a it's a game changing package here from uh, for your package from Manscaped to make sure your crotch doesn't look like Troy Polamalu's hair. Buy the lawnmower <laughs> 4.0 and uh, and get all this stuff, man. Twenty percent off plus free shipping with the code Pewter P E W T E R Pewter twenty. I'm sorry, I'm so used to it being Pewter. P-E-W-T-E-R-20 at manscaped.com. Get yourself this performance package 4.0. Get it for somebody else. Ask for it for a gift. Send people this promo code. Join the manscaping movement sweeping the nation starting with peterreport.com. All right, Scott, game balls. Hold on. It's almost October, right? It's almost October, so it's we're just about – a month and a half away from the holiday shopping season. So do some holiday shopping now. Don't wait. Take advantage of this promotion and and have something ready to go as a holiday gift for for the, the guy in your life, whether it's dad, whether it's your brother, whether it's your uncle, whether it's yourself, right? Give the wife a hint. Give uh, give the girlfriend a hint and say, hey, this is what I want for, for Christmas or for the holidays. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a free gift if you take advantage of this Manscaped Pewter 20 oh, offer. You're already nice getting it. I'm in the gift giving season. I mean, the Bucks lost. I'm going to do something great for the the viewers out there and the listeners. We got Pewter Report t-shirts back in stock, folks. We got the white kind. We got the the Ooh. black kind. We've got the Ooh. snazzy looking gray pewter kind, which really pops, Ooh. which I like. And they're free. Free shirts for you. All you have to do is is make an order at manscaped.com. Email me your proof of purchase at srpewterreport.com. Easy email. I know sr. That's me at pewterreport.com. Email that to me with what color you want, black, white, or gray, pewter, and then what size. And I'll send it to you free. That's free shipping on the shirt and a free shirt, so you can't go wrong. I need the, the proof of purchase because it has your, your address on it, which is I need to send you the shirt. Good news is there's no financial information. I don't need that. So send me that email at srpewterreport.com with your proof of purchase, and we will send you a free pewterreport.com shirt. Appreciate that, Brian. Hit that like button if you agree. The Peter Report nailed it again today. Fun day on the broadcast. Lots to break down. Lots to analyze, obviously. Appreciate you guys all being with us. Uh, Love you, too. Thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Somebody said uh, you guys probably already talked about it, but Devin White might be the worst buck. He's not playing too we well talked right about now. We talked about it with Devin White. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not great right now. All right, Scott, your game balls. Who do you got? Okay, my game balls. Uh, listen, I am not knocking Tom Brady or his brilliance today. I thought he was really good throwing the ball over 400 yards, a touchdown rushing, a touchdown through the air. But I really got to give it to, to Giovanni Bernard. I don't do that nearly as well as Stephen Shea does, but I'm going to give it to him just because uh, I like what, what Bernard did, and I hope that he made enough of an impression. First of all, I hope he's healthy. He took a shot to the, the knee, shin area. And Arians did say touchdown. after the game. Arians did say after the game that he thinks he's fine. We'll see if it swells up on the plane. He said, but he thinks he should be fine. Yeah, I, I don't know if I trust Bruce Arians when it comes to running backs, John. Where there's information, or injuries, or information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. <laughs> he thought Ronald Jones ran the ball well. Ronald Jones finished with 11 yards and five carries. That's not well. Sorry, that's not good in any way, shape, or form, Bruce. I'll beg to differ with you on that. 
So I hope that his his analysis about uh, Gio's injury is good. But what I did like out of Giovanni Bernard is I like the fact that this guy ended up catching nine passes targeted 10 times for 51 yards in a touchdown, including a 32-yard catch and run that I believe was on a second and 20 situation when the Bucks got backed up on a screen pass. He showed more burst and acceleration that I've that I've seen from either Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, the ability to create the space. So I like that. I'd like to see him get some carries mm-hmm. too, because I think he can be effective. I'm also going to give a shout uh-huh. out, maybe not a game ball, but a shout out to Tyler Johnson. Stepped up in the second half, three catches, 63 yards. Scotty Miller, two catches, 11 yards. He is like the forgotten man in the offense this year, and maybe that's for a reason. Tyler Johnson's really just been outperforming him. So my game ball on offense goes to Geo. On defense, I'm going to give it to Will Golston. He didn't get many sacks, but he got one today, okay? That's right. He got, he got one today. And what I like about Will Golston is he usually gets about two sacks per year. He's already got one. He's halfway home right now with 14 more games to go. So you go, Will. You pack up, pile up those uh, sack statistics. I'm a big defensive guy, John. Games like this really, really hurt my heart. Uh, I love the D-line. You know that. And uh, I'm just sick to my stomach that through three games, this team has three sacks because they're way better than this. And I think you're right, John. They're figuring out Todd Bowles' blitz game. We haven't seen many new wrinkles and any new wrinkles we've seen haven't really worked. So I think they need to go back to the lab and create some schemes that maybe opponents haven't haven't figured out yet. But also to these players, Shaq Barrett, Bita Vea, and Damakasu, they, they got to win their one-on-ones. That's not happening. But I'm going to give it to Will because he won a one-on-one today and had a sack. Maybe I'll regret this after reviewing the tape, but I am as hard as it is defensively. And shout out Joe Trinchenko for a really good first half. I felt like I think Levante David played really well. I just I really kind of want to give it to Carlton Davis because I feel like he's just kind of like flat, like on his own, <laughs> just on this island. Yeah. Just the rest of his crew getting shelled. I know he'd give up a touchdown Cooper Cup. I thought he played poorly on that play, but Devin White, I mean, literally picked him off the route the play before. It's just. I think he's on the sideline. He's very frustrated. It's clear. Um, he doesn't get to press very often. I thought when he got to press Cup a couple times, he absolutely smothered him. Um, I just think he's playing really well. I don't even think the scheme helps him that much, to be honest. I think he's yeah. put in some tough situations. He is keeping this group like uh, barely above water. Maybe they weren't above water today, but he's, he's I just want to shout player. him out because, yeah, he's, he's really – yeah. Yeah, I think that he's really the only guy that I feel like is really – I mean, obviously, in, in games before this, Edwards, you know, but I felt like in this game he was the only guy I was really like, yeah, I think that – not that he was perfect, but I think he was pretty good today on a day where most of the defense was not. Offensively, I am just – I think Brady is having one of those seasons that's special. Um, yeah. I really do. So, uh, very encouraged by him, encouraged by the scheme and the answers that they have against a tough defense. If execution had been a little cleaner today – and defense had been just acceptable. Um, I think this is a very winnable game for the Bucs. They are one of those teams that I believe is is right there at the top. I said this beginning of the season. I don't feel any differently about it. You know, I think there's three teams in the NFC that could win that that conference. I think there's three teams in the AFC that could win that conference. And I think the Bucs and the Rams are two of those teams in the NFC. And so I absolutely think that I still believe that for sure. The defensively, they have a lot to figure out. But I don't have concerns right now with the offense. You know, I think other than the running back situation, which is 
lowdown, I think, on the list of you know most important um, yeah. aspects of an offense. So, yeah, John, but Brady, just, the way he's playing and how he's moving, Scott, ducking out of a couple sacks. Oh, yeah. Hey, that knee looks great, yeah. doesn't it? Some of those tight window throws, like yeah. he was zipping the ball in the zones. I just – I think he's – looks exceptional this season it's yeah. better than even last year not even just because the knowledge just literally throwing and moving better i think i agree unfortunately folks there's not going to be a victory monday podcast tomorrow but there is going to be a monday podcast tomorrow it's just not mm-hmm. going to be a victory monday for two reasons number one unfortunately the rams moved to 40 and with leading at the half under sean mcveigh that's an incredible statistic and unfortunately for the buccaneers their 10 game winning streak their eight-game road-winning streak, and their streak of nine consecutive games scoring 30 points or more, all of those come to an end. But this is not the end. This is just the beginning because it's Sunday. It's the beginning of the week. we got another big week of football ahead of us. Bucks patriots Sunday night football. John, we're going to kick off the coverage starting tomorrow with a non-victory Monday podcast at 4 o'clock. Right. Lots to analyze, lots to break down at 4. We'll be here. But is a Chiefs fan in the chat right now? Like, a Chiefs fan. Talking, tra- they're one and two. What is? How is that possible, buddy? Like, John, dating oh back to last God. year, the Chiefs are one and three. Are they not? I just, how do you come in on a Sunday when you just <laughs> got worked by the Chargers? By a divisional talking, foe, right? Yeah. Goodness gracious! And by the way, you know, I just that blows my mind. You got to be completely oblivious to reality. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I think that yeah, the week of coverage against the Patriots will start on Monday. Uh, that's going to be fun. A four four p.m. Uh, podcast and then we'll be back Wednesday and Thursday will shows as well going to yes. be a lot leading up to that and then we'll be out at Whiskey Wings actually for the pregame show for this one so again head out to Whiskey Wings Temple Terrace location be out this away game so I, w- I want to see the Pewter Report crew out in style for this one we'll have the pregame show going live from Whiskey Wings we'll release times and details and all that stuff on this but the food out there is unbelievable they've got great specials great opportunities to do all that kind of to eat and play games and there's outdoor bar indoor you can sit watch games on tons of screens it's just an awesome location to watch the game so check it out at whiskey wing sports bar and grill in temple terrace that'll be next week on the show on sunday's show before the night game it's going to be we got a little prime time action and we'll, of course, have the live in-game stream after the pregame show. Right. And we'll also have the post-game stream as well uh, as we get that thing up and rolling and and break down the game after it ends uh, as Brady chases that uh, yardage total record, but more importantly, trying to get the Bucks to 3-1 and one yeah. and back on the winning track. So it's going to be fun stuff. We're looking forward to it, Scott. Tomorrow at 4 p.m. we'll be back on the podcast. Until let's then, it, let's do it, baby. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.